The Inside Vegas Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. With the Super Bowl upcoming, MyBookie.ag is your official destination for all things prop bets for the Super Bowl. These guys truly let you bet on anything. Whether it's the length of the national anthem or the color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach, MyBookie has a buffet of Patriots Rams props for you to chew on. They'll also even let you bet in-game for all your live in-game wagering. I only recommend services that have been good to me. You guys know that. That's why I'm urging you to make your way over to mybookie.ag. You play, you win, and you get paid. Enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Again, that's mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Oddshark. Get free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as data-driven editorial content and the latest odds for every big game, including the Super Bowl and big fights upcoming from all major online sportsbooks and casinos. Casinos. You get betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else. And as always, give them a follow on Twitter at Oddshark and check them out online at oddshark.com. Welcome into the Inside Vegas podcast, the Super Bowl edition, and we're here a day early for you. Thursday, January 31st, end of the month, couple days until the Super Bowl, so we wanted to get this out to you guys uh, early so you could get everything uh, that you need to from it. Absolutely awesome episode, jam-packed. Obviously, you probably noticed this is a much longer episode um, than normal. We kind of jammed a couple things in here. Um, so much good information coming to you. Uh, firstly, we have Monique. Parlay Queen is in the building. We're going to be talking props, and I feel like Everyone kind of does a prop episode, right? It's it's probably the most fun part of the Super Bowl, without a doubt. We did it a little bit differently. If you enjoyed the show last year um, that we did together, um, it's the same exact format. So we took a thousand dollars, basically nine to eleven, I think is what it comes out to, of our best props, and assigned a uh, number value, how much we wanted to bet. We took a thousand dollar bankroll, split it up into our favorite props. So myself and Monique will be going over everything uh, prop bet related for the Super Bowl. Of course, we kind of talk side total odd type of stuff uh, upcoming for the big game as well. And after that, um, I feel like. People, you know, always being, you know, hosting the Inside Vegas show, people always are asking me via DM, email, whatever, when they're coming into Vegas for the Super Bowl, uh, what should they do? Where should they go? Um, and the best places in town to watch the game. Uh, so I outsource that to the best source uh, that I possibly know, and that's Mark Meltzer of Edge Vegas. Um, he comes on the show, talks about the best places in town, uh, whether you want to uh, go to a sports book, anywhere on the strip, off the strip, strip club. We talk it all, everything and everything to do for the 2019 Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, uh, if you need anything at all in terms of uh, what to do, if you're coming into town, into Vegas for the Super Bowl, you can please reach out via direct message to myself um, or Mark Meltzer will, I'm sure, happily answer any questions that you guys have as well. Um, but again, this is Monique and uh, Mark Meltzer with the Super Bowl edition of the Inside Vegas podcast. And good luck to you guys. However, you end up betting the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams. Here we go. And now joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast, the one and only toast of the town, the parlay queen, Monique, out there in, um, I mean, we had Jay on last week who was saying how bad it was in Denver, Colorado with the snow, and I can only imagine what it is like up in Canada. Um, how How is everything in your um, neck of the woods being is how winter in Canada is not something I think that most people would desire. 
That's completely true. We had it really good. I was I was way overconfident. My friends were talking about putting on their snow tires last week. It was like, you already survived so much of it. We didn't even have any snow. And then here enough, of course, we get a snowstorm and everyone's stuck indoors, literally snowed in. So it's been ridiculous. And obviously that's karma for you, but it's been, it's been cold. It's been chilly, but hanging in there and really looking forward to the Super Bowl. And that's it. Right. And it's so funny you say that because it's only what the end of January, still of February and even a little bit of March. Like when I was living in Boston, that's it felt like the beginning of the winter was always so much more milder or whatever you want to call it. And then at the end, it was just nonstop. There's always like a snowstorm in April. So like just when you think you're out of it, uh, you get right back into it. And then there's that first like sunny day and randomly in March, that's like 60. And then you remember that life can go on and everything. You're, you're sad. You're seasonal out seasonal, whatever that SADD is when you get depressed in the winter goes away and it, it's a vicious cycle for sure. Of course. You just get overconfident too. That's the worst part about it is you think you're over it and then it just comes back and hits you even worse. But pros and cons of having multiple seasons, obviously. But if we're up to me, I would just be living somewhere warm all year. I don't need to see snow. I'm not a outdoorsy person and I definitely don't like the snow. So <laughs> pros and cons, but I, I look at them as all as cons. No, I hear you. And as we move on to look, the, the good news about gambling is you don't need much except a house to, to get it in there. So let's move on to where um, and everything with the Super Bowl obviously being played indoors in the dome in Atlanta. So whether not going to be a factor, not that it really would in the South and Georgia and Florida and all that anyway. Um, but I mean, props have always much like me have always been kind of your bread and butter in various sports. I kind of stick to the NFL version of props, maybe some baseball strikeout stuff, but mainly props. Um, it's kind of been where we've been able to make a lot of money, exploit that market. And so with anything, uh, with the Super Bowl, props are intensified. Everything from novelty props offshore, being the coin toss, the Gatorade, to uh, anything and everything you can think of. I, I believe I read a tweet, William Hill has like 400, 500 props out. Every year, the menu of props gets kind of larger. Um, and so... At the end of the day, obviously, the, the goal in this is to make money, but I think it's important to you know take a step back and have some fun with some of these novelty props as well. Um, so like we did last year, um, we're going to do pretty much the same format. We'll have a $1,000 bankroll, so not every bet will be even. Obviously, the ones that we like more, we'll allocate more money to, um, and we'll kind of go back and forth there. What's kind of, before we get into the um, individual props one by one, as a whole, what is kind of your philosophy on uh, the Super Bowl? I mean, for me, Something I've kind of learned in Vegas is um, with the usually with any time that the Super Bowl spread is basically between, you know, a pick and anywhere around that three first key number, um, professionals are always going to go towards that middle. They're going to go for the middle, knowing you only got to hit, you know, at minus 110, one out of 10 to make everything worth it for your next 10 bets. Um, so that's kind of where I've been, you know, last year, tried to work the middle with New England um, and Philly at plus three and a half. This year, probably going to find myself in the same boat, taking some New England when it was effectively that pick. And there's been some threes out in the market in Vegas as well. I know that's not really the case offshore. Two and a half are out there. You could probably buy a a cheap hook out to three. Um, do you kind of play more props? Do you go more side total heavy if you feel you have a good angle? I mean, obviously everything is kind of based on your edge, but do you find yourself playing more props um, than even some, you know people like us that do so many of them during the NFL regular season? Yeah, absolutely. For me, just the amount of props available, whether it's just straight props for the Super Bowl or some of the cross market ones, there's just so many available at this time. And because there are so many available, I find you do get not as heavily juiced props, which I really appreciate in that sense. But I had a really strong feeling on on the game and a winner, which I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm liking the Pats in this one again and no surprise there, but I'm not that keen on the spread. 
for one. So, I mean, you always have the option to in-game bet as well. And that's just a huge edge for like a seasoned better or a person that really watches the game intently because you have such a huge edge being able to see how teams come out and then potentially reevaluating at halftime. So having that live betting option available, I tend to do props because you're not really able to bet them in game. So that's where I tend to find myself leaning. And there's just so many available that it's, it's, it's hard to keep it limited to a couple. For sure. And when we look at this, are you someone like me? I almost take props as a way to hedge a position more than kind of double down because obviously so many of these player props, team props, um, the in-game stuff is all, you know, effectively correlated. If, you know, a team that's you envision to be out in front, likely to be running the ball, the team from behind likely to be passing the ball, whatever team jumps out, you know, late or jumps out early. And so, you know, and again, these things can kind of flip on a dime. A team could come in with a game plan to strictly run the ball, find themselves down 14 nothing. And now that game plan, although you, you know, handicapped it the exact right way is kind of, you know, out the middle, but you can at least hedge yourself. Like, like you said, in game, um, do you kind of find yourself doing independent bets or do you kind of correlate your props to all leading towards the same thing or a little bit of both in terms of hedging versus, you know, doubling down or such? I try to make sure I'm not on two opposite sides entirely. So whether it's, or even on the same team. So for example, I wouldn't really go that heavy on Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, because unless you're expecting the Rams to have that many yards of offense, you're kind of just doubling down on that. And you might even potentially look into um, them just winning outright because you're getting better odds in that sense. Because the likelihood of both the running back and quarterback having huge games is obviously not as high unless they win the game. So I find myself when I'm betting props early on. Yeah. I obviously like to look at halftime, see the way things are going. And if I feel like my prop is pretty much dead at half, I'll probably more often than not just let it ride. Cause I don't really like to chase in that sense. And you still have the option of it hitting. So that's a good thing with props is unless your player is injured, you're never really out of it. Completely agree. All right. So let's start this thing off again. Uh, we basically have the same amount of props. We have 10 props, thousand dollar bankroll, and we'll go through kind of what the amount is. Um, I'm not going to get, I mean, I'll obviously explain the, the vegan juice and everything, but I more or less just flat betted these. So you might, it might be 1100 or whatever, but I'm not going to dig into the risking my, I'm not doing all that math. So all of these are, are pretty much, you know, you know, 200, 300 to hundred down to 50 and 25 and everything like that. So you can do the, the same type of format and we'll just go back and forth. Um, look, degenerate nation, like I said, have some fun with the Super Bowl. I always bet the coin toss. Um, no, a long-term bet of, of coin toss at minus 105, which is actually nice. It's not a minus 110 in the long run. Um, I'm going to go with tails. Uh, I bet it every year. Um, there's, I'm not going to sit here and handicap a reason for you. Um, I did want to point out one thing here. Um, good friend of the program and good friend of mine, John Campbell at, um, over at odd shark tweeted this out weird Super Bowl coin toss stat here in the last 20 years, either heads or tails won at least four consecutive Super Bowl coin tosses. So in a row, uh, on four different occasions, coin toss history. And then he basically has it all the way come out. Um, so he has dating back to Super Bowl 32. It was tails for four straight years. It was heads. It was tails for four straight years, heads, tails, heads for five straight years, uh, and tails in the midst of a three year run here. So look, I I'm going to follow this trend. I, like I said, I blindly bet this <laughs> every single year. That. Yeah, trends but <laughs> trends, trends make money over here. So I'm following the trend. Look, I bet it every year. I put 25 or I'm sorry, 50 on the coin toss of tails. Um, again, not, not a, an official prop or not a, you know, in-game prop, but have some fun with it. So that'll be my kind of 11th prop out there on the coin toss. Um, so again, feel free to do the same thing or go into right as you know, your, um, however you want to do it, whether it be your biggest or your lowest amount, um, for your first prop. 
I'm going to avoid the coin toss in this one. <laughs> Smart woman. I mean, honestly, I usually just, if, if it's anything, I would just go with heads. But now knowing that trend, that's, right. uh, that's, that's odd. You don't really want to mess with something like that. That's, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's just, it's just it's the ultimate gambler's fallacy. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's an interesting stat. Um, I guess for me, the first prop that I looked at was Rex Burkhead under 14 and a half receiving. And I'm seeing minus 115 on that one. And I just feel like with the Patriots, Burkhead has only had 14 receptions through 20 targets this season. And I just don't see him being much of a factor in either the rush or receiving games, especially not the receiving. So I'm going to be doing 50 bucks on that one at minus 115. I like it. Second one, anyone that has been listening to myself on the DFS side of stuff on the other um, SGP feed or even this this show knows that uh, this has kind of been my guy all year in Robert Woods. Um, and so I went a little, I went three ways with this prop. Um, so it's, so first of all, the, the first prop is Robert Woods over five and a half. Um, the obvious narrative here is Brandon Cook's revenge game. Flip side, you know, uh, Bill Belichick, world famous for taking away your best option. Last week, obviously we saw Tyreek Hill being taken out and the number two option, Sammy Watkins had a big day over a hundred. Um, this one's a little bit different, don't difficult because it's much like Casey when you didn't know if it was going to be Kelsey or Hill, they chose to take away. It was obviously a little bit of both, but mostly Hill. You don't know what is deemed to be their biggest, uh, or their best option, right? Whether it's the running game and Gurley and the ghost of CJ Anderson, or if it's, uh, Brandon cooks, I would lean towards the passing game just because of this, you know, the type of narrative Gurley health, obviously in question. I mean, I think it was, said he was healthy. I, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, I just don't think you sell out to, I think that you're perfectly okay making a guy like CJ Anderson uh, beat you if, if, you know, Gurley is proven not to be um, 100%. So I'm going to that second option, much like, uh, I mean, these are really 1A and 1B when you talk about the Rams passing attack here. Cook's um, revenge spot, like I said, in the Super Bowl was obviously taken out of that game out of that vicious hit uh, very early here. But Robert Woods, all he does is go six for 69, seven for 72. He is a lot like Eric Decker when he was on the Jets, when every single game log you looked, it was six for 60 and a touchdown. Woods obviously doesn't, hasn't had the touchdown success that Decker had all those years ago, but he's probably the most consistent player, maybe outside of Julian Edelman, uh, on the field. Um, and so Robert Woods at over five and a half for a hundred. And I'm just going to add on to this because when you look at this, I mean, the game log against Dallas was exactly that six for 67. He's always in the five to seven catch range with basically within 60 to 80 yards. Um, so I put, got a little exotic here with a couple plus $700 bets, 25 on each Robert Woods, exact yardage, 61 to 70 at plus 700 and 71 to 80 yards at plus 700, 25 on each for a grand total of 150. So again, that's Robert Woods over five and a half for a hundred and then Woods exact uh, yardage effectively 61 to 80, 25 each on both. So 50, so 150 total on the Robert Woods. Oh, I like that. Putting me to shame with creativity. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Honestly, I was looking and I was proud with my couple plus two fifties, but damn, those are, <laughs> that's, that's intriguing. I like that. Um, my second one is pretty similar to yours. Mine's Jared Goff over 24 and a half completions at minus 120. So Jared Goff has completed 64.9% of his passes this season and has logged 10 games with 20 or more completions. Um, I think he's going to have quite a bit of success versus the Patriots defense 22nd in passing yards. And I like that he might be forced to throw the ball a lot. I feel like it's very likely they're going to be playing from behind. The Patriots have gotten out to some pretty quick starts all year. And I think his completion total is low. So 
I'm liking that number a lot at 24 and a half and minus 120. So I'm going to be doing 200 on that one. Beautiful. Um, so like you said, Patriots gone out to quick starts. Um, has not been the case in the Super Bowl, obviously. In all the Super Bowls, I believe they've scored this. They were shut out up until last year, scored three to kind of silence the the critics. And I believe that like their team total in the first quarter was like two and a half um, or maybe it was six. It was something crazy low because the market had obviously eventually caught up. Um but yeah, three first quarter points in all their Super Bowls. Obviously, that's kind of been beat to death. And if you want to use the term mushed, um, it's it's very well known here. And last year, I think the contrarian angle was to kind of realize that they obviously know that. They they said it at length even like during media weeks and like there was such a priority to get out ahead. And for whatever reason, um, they do struggle with this. But I'm going to bring this back around to the prop that you really turned me on to last year. Um, and I'm not sure if you have it on your list, but look... Gostowski, I was, I said, uh, yes, first touch or kickoff touchback last year, you proved me dead wrong. And for that, I will always be on this prop as long as the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. You can do uh, first kickoff touchback at much better odds. I believe it's plus 130. Um, here's the deal though. If if the Rams kick off, you're likely going to lose that bet. That's why Zero Lions is juiced so much the opposite way. Uh, a touchback is, or not a touchback is like plus 200. Touchback like minus 300. It's crazy on the opposite opposite odds. So if you go over to my bookie.ag, you can bet specifically for Gostowski's first kickoff, no touchback. So I laid the juice at minus 150. Um, so 150 to win hundred on Gostowski first kickoff, not to be a touchback, as you said. And again, I don't know if you have this on there, but kick, they love number one in the league and, and not touchbacks. They love to kick it high and short. Um, so I don't see why anything would change here. That's true. And then especially with such a veteran kicker, you have that as well. And you're not going to run risk of someone returning it, getting lucky, shedding a few tackles and getting out to an early seven, nothing lead. That's just the likelihood of that is honestly, while you are getting a, quite a bit of juice, I mean, I feel like that's worth it. Not on my list, but I do like that play. Oh man, I'm shocked. You're the one that turned me on to it last year. I know. I know. I told you, you're just shaming me left and right. <laughs> Creativity. No. Now this one. <laughs> no. Uh, my third play is uh, Tom Brady longest pass completion over 37 and a half at minus 120. Now the Rams are tied for the second most 40 or more passing plays defensively with 14 in the regular season. They've also given up 59 of 20 or more yards. I think the Patriots are going to connect on a couple of deep plays. You always run the risk of being right around that number, but I feel like a 37 and a half yet one long play, even if it's not for a touchdown. I think it's a good number. I think it's a little bit low and I like that at minus 120. So I'm betting 200 on that one as well. I like it. And this one, my next one is correlated. Um, a little bit weird of a juice situation here um, at plus 150. So as we touched on, or as I touched on, the Gostowski prop obviously juiced accordingly to what they want to do and, and how successful he's been in not catching, not catching, uh, or not kicking touchbacks, if I could talk here. Uh, longest kickoff return by the Rams is plus 150. Um, so obviously, Zerline has probably the biggest leg in the NFL when you really break it down. I would assume every single kickoff is going to go for a touchback, which just limits the number of opportunities on the other side if you kick it high and you kick it short even if it's a 30 yard run back um you're going to win this bet and at plus 150 when you look at the odds of you know basically gostowski's touchback versus Zerloins, i just don't think there's gonna be that many opportunities for new england now new england certainly does have the better skill position players back there in patterson than what the rams are going to throw out there but i think just by default 
by opportunities of uh, Gostowski not kick, not catch it or not kicking. I keep doing that. Touchbacks. You're gonna um, have a lot more opportunities to win this bet and at plus one fifty. I just don't think the price. I don't think the price reflects what the other odds are showing on the um, for the kickoff and, and the kicker. So longest kickoff return uh, by either team. I'm gonna go with the Rams by pl- uh, plus one fifty for a hundred to win one fifty. That's cool. Uh, my next one is Mark Barron over five and a half tackles and assists at minus 125. Uh, he's been an impact player for the Rams in the two postseason games. And I think he should be able to aid with some stops playing inside linebacker for a team that they're up against who I would say would lean heavily on the run, especially if they get out to a big lead. I think at five and a half, I'm liking that number. Um, I'm seeing the juice minus 125, which to be honest, I don't hate. I've seen it on a couple other books. I like minus 140, even minus 150. So I feel like if you like this one as well, I think you should be betting that early. Um, He's had some quite a few tackles and assists in both the postseason games early on. And I think the total set a bit low. So unfortunately, because it is juiced, I like a couple more plays better, but I'm going to do 50 on that one. But I mean, obviously, if I were personally betting this, I feel pretty confident about it, but a little hesitant on the juice and you never really know with defensive players, but I like that one quite a bit. So 50 on that one at over five and a half tackles and assists. I like it. And this next one for me, uh, I feel very square about it. I'm not going to lie because it's probably the most obvious one on the board when you look at this. And it's it's definitely moved, so shop around at this. And Brady over 26 and a half completions. I feel like it's probably the most square play on the board. But when you look at his completions in the Super Bowl, dating back to 2007, 29 winner, 2011, 2017 would have been a winner, 2014, 37 winner, 2016, 43, and 2017, 28. So Basically, at the 26 and a half number, you're looking at five straight winners. So effectively, every, you know, the last five Super Bowls since 2007, uh, Brady would have cashed this prop in. And and like you said, I think that there is a lot of merit knowing that this, the Rams uh, defensive game plan is without a doubt to try to, you know, utilize these defensive ends in interior alignment with Donald and Sue. Got to get the ball out quick. This is not, I don't foresee this being a Sony Michelle game. I think that was just such, you know, solely dictated on the matchup of how bad Kansas City was or is against the run. I just don't see that same success. Uh, this should be more of the Burkhead, you know, James White um, aspects. I just don't see them running the ball 25 times with Sony Michelle, although they have shown, you know, the propensity to do that regardless of the score, which sometimes drives me a little bit crazy. Um, but yeah, Brady over 26. I mean, just look at the history. The line is set a little too low. Probably should be in the neighborhood of 27 uh, and a half. Uh, so Brady over 26 for uh, 50. I like that one. Maybe even look into attempts as well if you feel that strongly because attempts sometimes sometimes with them I notice you'll get one of them juiced a little bit more than the other but usually with completions especially with an accurate passing quarterback you could just take attempts as well so I think that that's an interesting play and I like you said the really only the only way I see this one losing is if it's a blowout early on yeah and if that ends up happening most of your props unless you're on the right side of the blowout are going to lose anyway in that sense or on the or on uh, the rams or whatever whatever whoever's blowing who out you're Mm -hmm. on the opposite of that so it's one of those um interesting play though and i i tend to agree uh agree with that one uh my next play is the highest scoring half second Love this. Uh, the Rams have done their best yeah me too and i'm surprised it's minus 120 so Mm -hmm. i'm liking this one a lot Uh, The Rams have done their best in the second half of games, and we all know how dominant the Pats were in orchestrating their Super Bowl comeback last year. Uh, New England will be really hard to slow down, and 
they're going to match you. No matter how many points you score, you can pretty safely count on New England matching that. And I mean, just looking back at the Super Bowl last year, how many points were scored? Third quarter, fourth quarter. I like that one a lot. And uh, when I was looking at the first first quarter points, it was set at 10 and a half. So, I mean, like you said early on, and like you're mentioning to start the pod, they're not going to score too many early. And I feel like there's so many options to potentially hedge at halftime as well. So I think at minus 120, you can't go wrong with that. So betting 250 on that. Oh, am I betting 250 on that one? No, apparently only a hundred on that one. But, <laughs> but you like I feel it? Like I, could bet, I feel like I could bet two fifty on that one. I like it that much too. But yeah, a hundred on that one. And now I know why. It's because I have something similar coming up later. So I didn't want to like triple down on that. But yeah, I like that one at my, at uh, minus one twenty for one hundred. No, I love that. Look, that's on my list too. Same thing. Two hundred on that for me. Um, this look we touched on the Patriots struggle, especially in the first quarter. Uh, and how many times have you seen? You know, professionals notoriously like to go first half under on these primetime games, especially in the Super Bowl. I, I think it came in last year. That there's there's a feeling out process. You have to kind of go back and forth and see kind of what this is. You know, what type of game this is going to be. And unless you know the Rams start. I don't even know how really how this narrative where this play doesn't come in. It's something I've been on effectively every time the Patriots are in the Super Bowl for sure, just because of that trend of how slow that they start, especially in the first quarter. Um, and unless they completely just buck that trend and it's not as if this Rams defense is a pushover this on both sides here, especially with, you know, Goff not, you know, first Super Bowl for McVay or for so many of those guys. Um, one of my favorites anytime the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. So same one for me at 200. Uh, my next one is first play of the game run. Now this one is minus one thirty, and I mean, it's one of those where depending on the book, you definitely have to shop around. You'll have it heavily juiced a lot of the time. But uh, I think obviously the NFL has been trying to pick up enough yards on first down to set up a third and short. Uh, that's just what I pretty much think of when I think of the NFL and no matter who starts with the ball, look for them to establish the run game early and to try to pick up some good yardage on first down. I don't know the stats exactly on how often it is, especially in a Super Bowl, how often it is where the first play is a run, but I feel like no matter who starts with the ball, they're going to take more of the conservative approach. And I like that one. So I guess the reason why I had to go low on the highest scoring half was because I went 250 on that one, partly because of the juice, but I just feel like they're going to, both teams are going to potentially start it off a little bit conservative. I love that. And I'm right there with you. I just went a little bit different. I went first play for the Rams specifically uh, as a rush, or you also get a sack in there. You would win the bet on that as well. 400. Um, the, the Patriots scare me from that standpoint. Honestly, I just, there's so much, there's so much dink and dunk there. And the juice for the Rams is minus minus one ten. Um, so it's not bad. I mean, obviously you're getting more of a cushion if you bet both teams. Um, but I'm perfectly lying are perfectly fine laying the 10 extra cents, um, to just get the Rams. This is look, CJ Anderson and Gurley. Um, I just feel like you have to, if it is a, you know, a pass call, um, not that it matters, you would lose it anyway, but I just feel like they have to get golf acclimated. And I feel like if it's not a short pass, you have to do that by at least just getting a snap, handing the ball off and realizing, okay, I'm in the Super Bowl Now we can go to work. I, I don't foresee this being, you know, opening this up first play of the game where golf could throw a pick and your confidence is shot for a new quarterback, all this type of stuff. Um, I absolutely, I mean, no problem with it on both sides. I just feel like specifically geared towards the Rams, um, would be shocked if the first play 
isn't a rush to Todd Gurley or CJ Anderson up the middle um, just to get acclimated to the game. But lockstep with you on that one as usual. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think that it's way more likely if we're talking likelihood that it's going to come from the Rams. Um, and the fact that you get better odds on that as well. And it's not one of those where, you know, you're stuck and your bet loses if the first team, if, uh, for example, you bet overall and then the Rams end up have, um, running the ball to start and then the Patriots end up throwing. I mean, it's a matter of likelihood. And I feel like it's good with both teams. But if you're getting better odds on the Rams and they do tend to be the more likely candidate for that. I mean, you can't complain with that one. Uh, my seventh play is touchdown score anytime Chris Hogan at plus 200. Mm. Um, Hogan has had six receptions through eight targets for 128 yards in last year's Super Bowl. I think his size make, make him, makes him a really good red zone target. And obviously Gronk is always a threat. And sometimes he gets double covered and he's kind of the logical option in the red zone or at least has been when he's healthy for the past couple of years. Um, I just think that he offers good value. I think the Pats are going to score quite a few touchdowns. And I think he's definitely a threat in the red zone just with his size alone. So I'm taking that one, uh, betting 25 on that at plus 200. I like it. And we talked about this earlier with um, another show with, look, this is Talib probably looking at being on Edelman, I would assume. Gronkowski is effectively, uh, who knew, probably the best blocking tight end in the NFL all of a sudden. Uh, and they really, you know, unless there's a narrative, which of course is a very real one, that the Patriots are behind and need to kind of let let things go. Um, Gronkowski has proven that he is at this stage of his career. Um, I mean, who knew he was this good at it? Uh, but he's a blocking tight end. And so these you know, these second, third options, the Hogan's of the world, uh, Dorsett, whoever it is that's, you know, maybe Patterson does something. Um, there's going to be opportunity there as Tlaib should be, I would assume, blanketing Edelman um, as the t- toughest matchup. So anything like that, that's, you know, such good odds is absolutely that's true. And it. you never really know with Edelman, like you, you, it's most likely not coming to him in the end zone because he is only 5'10". So, you know, it's yeah. really not coming to him in that sense. You need him to break a couple of tackles or get the long ball. So, I mean, Hogan, obviously, is just a tad bit taller, but I mean, it, it definitely makes a difference. And like you said, I feel like he's going to have lighter coverage on him as well. So I like that one. Absolutely. Next one for me uh, in the dome indoors. God, I feel like I have a ton of kicking props here, but money's money. Longest field goal over 47 and a half at even money. Um, in a dome, like I said, and we've seen Greg Zerline look to be good from about 75 yards, uh, this and on the other end with Gostowski. I mean, even when in a, whatever narrative you feel this game is going to play out at, even, you know, you assume high scoring means, uh, less field goals. But I mean, you look at the Kansas city and, um, Rams game, I believe there was like something crazy amount of field goals in there. Um, especially from the Kansas city side. And so in ideal conditions in the Super Bowl, um, even if drives stall out, I mean, 47 is both, you know, all you have to worry about, I really feel is that you're going to get the attempt from this distance, right? Like, you know, 48 to 50, you know, 48 and above really, because I just feel like both of these kickers, especially Zerline has the leg to make this and you're not laying juice. It's an even money prop here Um, in a game, especially in the first half where I feel like there could be some feeling out processes. The one issue here is both of these coaches do like to go for it around midfield on fourth down. Um, You know, McVeigh very much subscribing to the, the kicking is dead, although not in the last game uh, theory for most of his career. And obviously Belichick world famous for the Brady QB sneak. So in those type of situations, 
wins, as long as it's maybe, you know, a fourth and three or above, that just doesn't make sense. You know, fourth and, and nine, a fourth and long. Um, both of these kickers are, are definitely good from that distance and well beyond. So another hundred on longest field goal over 47 and a half in the dome. I do like that one as well. But the thing I find like that's been probably my favorite bet. I tend to not talk about it because I find the lines move so much. But uh, honestly, longest field goal has been probably one of my favorites. You do run a couple of risks with that, obviously, with the attempt. Um, and then a lot of the time it'll just land on the number it is. So you said 47 and a half. A lot of the time it'll be 47. And it's a matter of how many attempts you really get at yeah. that distance. Um, it's a good one. Obviously you have two very capable kickers and Zerloin is as honestly as good as it gets when it comes to length. So yeah, it's a good play. I think it's a good play. Um, you do run the risk of again, and it happens with all of them with potentially being a blowout or playing catch up where field goals aren't going to settle. And I think even with that mentality, playing the paths, you know, they're going to be scoring, which is, often hard for for a team to come in and know that you need to score those points but i think it's a super bowl both teams belong both teams have played well so i like that play a lot uh your number is a little bit high maybe i would maybe i would look for a lower number but i think the 47 and a half is high you mean yeah that's that is that is because that's really limiting you're not really attempting anything 52 or more so you're kind of putting your range solely at the 48 to 52 yard range. You don't really have that much wiggle room. Um, I think I saw it at 45 and a half at minus 120. Obviously not as good odds, but it's one of those where you don't really have that much breathing room, which is my only concern with that. Otherwise, I like Definitely, and and every yard certainly counts when you're talking about a field goal prop like that. So as always, definitely shop around. Always good advice. That's true. Um, So my other one, my eighth play is similar to... The earlier one with Hogan scoring a touchdown, but it's Chris Hogan receptions over two and a half at minus one thirty. Um, I think the number is very low, and I feel like he's going to be open quite a bit. He has seen his targets uh, increase over the past couple of games. Um, as long as he gets a couple of targets, I'm talking like four or five. I feel like he should go over this total comfortably. He has pretty good hands. Um, I think the total set really low and. With that being said, obviously we like Brady completions quite a bit, attempts quite a bit. And I think that his total is low and at minus 130, I'm going to be betting 100 on that one. Yeah, that is very low. I mean, you look at his last game for uh, five for 45, the yards may never be there with him, but effective, you know, even if Tlaib is on Edelman certainly opens up things for everyone else that we've talked about. So absolutely. That's a very low prop. I didn't realize it was that low. Um, uh, next one for me. Uh, this one's pretty simple. Um, I've been on the fade first year quarterbacks in first situations. Very big, whether it be in playoffs uh, with Watson, Trubisky, uh, you name it last year with Goff, two years ago with Dak. I like to fade quarterbacks, especially when they have the first year coach combo like uh, Nagy and Trubisky. And this one to me is makes, you know, kind of simplifies this. We talked about um, you specifically, how much you think that Goff will be throwing the ball. And to me, this prop is just the juice doesn't make sense for what I, I feel like this should be maybe in the minus 160, minus 170 range just because it's always the flat number when you're talking about interceptions here. Jared Goff over a half in completion. So basically, will Jared Goff throw a uh, interception on incompletion? Sorry, at minus 130 um, for another 100 here. We touched on it. I don't want to be the beat a dead horse. I just feel like there's a very, you know, you saw Goff look 
very in there. The noise aspect is not going to be all Patriots fans, although I do believe there's going to be a lot more Patriots fans that just travel more than LA Primarily, fans. It's of course. A shorter field. Yeah. And not to say that there's going to be this huge, anything close to what that kid just dealt with in the Superdome. I mean, that was absolutely crazy. I just think that schematically, when you look at what uh, Bill Belichick and this New England defense is going to want to do I, with, you know, coupled with the volume, I just feel like for Goff to throw an interception, um, for him not to, I feel like they're going to run the ball 50 times, which just with how, how high powered this uh, Pats offense can be at times, despite the quote unquote lack of skill players, the attempts coupled with the, fir- you know, the jitters, everything else, I just feel like something, it's more likely than not, uh, definitely more likely than a minus 130, whatever that probability comes out to be that Jared Goff will throw one interception in this game. So at minus 130, I think this price is just too good to pass up. So Goff, yes, in uh, interception for uh, 100. Uh, my ninth play is my price play at plus 260, and that's team to lead after every quarter Patriots. Mm. Um, I'm concerned about the first quarter, to be honest. That's one where, as we touched on, they haven't really gotten out to fast starts. Historically, in the Super Bowl, uh, I feel like the first quarter is the one which concerns me the most if they're really going to score that many. I think I think it's pretty safe if they get out to an early touchdown that the, this play is going to hit based on what I think the game's going to play out as. Um, I think obviously great odds with this one. Um, Lots of options to hedge at halftime as well. And I think that with anything that you're betting, that's around the two to one range. I think having the option to hedge is amazing, especially if you're betting more than like 20 to 30 bucks on it. Um, I like this one. I think the odds are great. And I feel like the Patriots are going to maybe not score a lot early on, but I feel like, if they can score early, they're going to hang on. So at that one, at plus 260, I'm betting 25 on that. I like that a lot, and I like that for a variety of reasons. One is you have the ability to take Rams uh, first quarter um, first quarter spread, um, and you also have the ability to take Rams first quarter team total over. Um, so unless you get 0-0, I believe, I'm not sure what, the, I didn't look up what their first quarter team total is, but I'm sure it's fairly low. Um, so yeah, there is an, you know, there it's is like a- 10 and a half. And it was very low. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you, you, there is a slight chance you could get quote unquote reverse middled, which would be disastrous. But with yeah. that, you know, once you make it out of the first quarter, you can kind of buy back a little bit on your bet, especially if you're betting, you know, the more that you bet on that prop, you can kind of buy back a little bit to hedge yourself uh, throughout the game. Um, but that one makes a, a, a ton of sense to set yourself up uh, perfectly to guarantee yourself profit throughout. Um, so I like that one a lot. Um, my next one is pass attempts by over two and a half players uh, for 50. How many times have we seen um, in you know these games, right? There's in the ones you entered the playoffs, there's been fake punts, there's been reverses. I mean, we saw this in the New England game. Um, again, d- big thing here, it does not need to be completed, just needs to be attempted. So whether that's a fake punt from um, the punter, from the signal caller, Edelman on a reverse, um, Patterson, I mean, it, it could be a variety of things. And when you look at this, Robert Woods has basically, I was trying to find this prop because Cooks had it, but kind of um, hard to find on Will Cooks. Will uh, Robert Woods have a rushing uh, attempt? Basically, because he's had one to two in every single game. The yardage hasn't been great, and his yardage is even set a little high. I believe it's like nine and a half yards for Woods' uh, rushing yards. But it was there for Cooks. Um, I believe it was, you know, it was effectively how many people will um, attempt to pass in this. So there's a variety of options. You just, 
the more that this game, you know, the bigger leads get, I think that you have an opportunity to really, really, um, so many different things can happen again, whether it's Hogan, whether it's Edelman, it's probably most likely to be Edelman just because we've seen it so much. But I mean, think back to Super Bowls, Philly special and, and all these type of things. I believe, um, it's cash like uh, above like 60% over the past, you know, five or so years. There's always something crazy that happens in a Super Bowl that a play that everyone talks about. And it usually doesn't come from the quarterback. Um, so Pass attempts by over two and a half players uh, for 50. That's really interesting, actually. I like that one. And then you also have at the end of the game, if it's close and you're just doing a bunch of laterals down the field where you get however many players attempting a pass. In that yeah, right. So, yep. Yeah, that would be best case scenario if you're, if you're close or just a great way to get lucky if you're not there yet. But that's a, that's an interesting play, actually. I never thought of that one, but it's crazy to see what becomes available around the Super Bowl. Yeah. No shortage. <laughs> no, never. Uh, my final play is uh, first half total under 27 and a half at minus 110. Uh, not sure where I stand overall on the game total, but I do tend to lean towards the under as honestly, it seemed really high. Um, the first quarter we project to be very low scoring. And obviously like we've been talking about we're we're pretty, we're pretty smart gamblers in the sense that we have options to hedge. And if we're not feeling too great about it, you know, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in guaranteeing yourself a little bit of profit, especially if it's something that you're doing regularly or often. Um, a win is a win. Honestly, there's no other way of looking at it. Um, I like this one. Like I said, I think the first half is going to be low scoring. I think you never really know what's going to happen after defensive adjustments happen or teams come out after halftime. But I feel like we're pretty much in agreement on this one being low scoring early on. So under 27 and a half minus 110 and 100 on that prop. I like it. And again, as I coupled the, the woods ones kind of together, um, that kind of wraps it up for me. Um, so what was your, um, highest one? It was the second, uh, half being, um, higher scoring than the first half, or did you have another higher amount one in there? Um, no, I had, wait, what was my, my highest one was, uh, actually I had two of the same number and that was Tom, uh, Tom Brady longest pass completion, 37 and a half and Jared Goff, 24 and a half completions. Beautiful. Um, so those are the strongest ones from her. And then again, the highest scoring second half as we were both in agreement on, um, there as well. Um, so again, uh, again, as always, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Um, is there anything else you kind of want to you know, reach out or I don't know, say reach out, but tell anybody, you know, regarding, uh, I feel like you, as, t as I've gotten the, um, as going through talking to you, I feel like you really are leaning the Patriots in this in a variety of ways. Um, do you feel like you're probably going to try to exploit that in the prop market? Like we've talked about in you know, correlation of props that lead to that, or will you be taking a stab on the new England effectively minus two and a half right now or money line? Um, you know, I wouldn't do money line. Uh, I feel like, I feel like props for me just cause they're just, like I said, there's just so many available and I tend to be, I tend to stick to my plays all being the same number of units. Yep. I don't like to, I don't like to hit two out of three bets and still lose money <laughs> on that. So I try to yep. keep it pretty consistent. Um, as of right now, nothing on the spread, perhaps on the total of the game, just if I do think that it's going to be low scoring early on, I feel like maybe having that little bit of extra wiggle room. Uh, the first first half was 27 and a half and the game was, I'm not sure, 53 and a half last time I looked. I feel like if it goes under in the first half, you're going to get a good cash out regardless. 
or if it's a little bit over at maybe 30 and you end up losing the first half bet, uh, just having it as a full game bet is okay. You're still live in that sense. Uh, the spread, I mean, I think the spread is accurate. It's exactly what I would put it at. Um, I feel like I've definitely bought into the whole <laughs> Tom Brady narrative and having the whole, uh, the team doesn't really, or no one really believes in us mentality. Yep. And just, I, I really buy into that. And I mean, he's the best of all time and he's proven that. So while you, while we were saying the skill positions are obviously lacking, he just finds a way to win. And it's so hard for me to bet against that. And all year, I really thought it's the Patriots and they've looked inconsistent, but I mean, what year recently haven't they looked inconsistent? So it's one of those, I would obviously lean paths with the spread, but I feel like there are a couple other plays I like a bit more. Definitely. And as you say that, it's so funny because if a couple things break differently for this Patriots team, I mean, I was on this train kind of along with you at the beginning of the season, aside from Brandon Cooks, there was not much different uh, from this Patriots team this year to there was last year. And all of a sudden the Cooks, you know, departure meant that they had no skill players and obviously enter Josh Gordon as 750 receiving yards would have been a, a huge, you know, part to be able to stretch the field. But I mean, if this team, which as a, you know, growing up in Boston, being a Patriots fan, that December game in Miami is a situational spot where I bet against New England every single year. They cannot win that game uh, when they That's go to, into Miami. Um, I believe they've covered like five or four out of five and won three straight up and everything. If they win that game, they're you know twelve and four. They go over their season win total and nobody says anything. But because they dropped a meaningless divisional game to the Rams in in December, this the team is looked at as having a down year because they didn't cash everyone's uh, season win total over bets. You know, so it's a very subjective thing. I would just uh, you know. Coaching is, I don't say, you know, it, it's such a huge part of this and McVeigh obviously so innovative, but there's something to be said for, you know, going into your, you know, first, uh, Super Bowl that's against the greatest combination of head coach and quarterback of all time. So I'm right there with you. Uh, it, it's, it's always usually a Patriots or pass for me, um, from that perspective, but. Um, should be a great game, but again, um, cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come on and, and do some props, anything else, um, where can people find you all that good stuff, um, for any other props, any other, uh, horse racing, anything and everything, please. The floor is yours. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me again. This is always a lot of fun. And I, I love that I have someone that I can actually discuss props with and someone that really follows the market daily. So I love that. I got to get you into NBA daily props. But, uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I took, I took a hardened under seven, seven and a half assist tonight. So we're, we're getting there. Ooh, I'm on two actually. I'm on two right now and they both started at seven. So I've been, I'm not going to lie. I've been checking back and forth on that one. As you should. <laughs> but yeah, both. Both look good. I, I mean, I guess I'm getting a little lucky or you're bringing me some luck, one or the <laughs> other. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Parlay Queen and I retweet all the articles and videos and whatever I put out. So that would be the best place to find me. Awesome. Well, good luck with all your prop bets um, and, and anything else you decide to do. Um, and, and please stay warm up in snowy Canada, okay? Thank you so much. Good luck this weekend and go Pats. And another very special thank you to Monique at Parlay Queen for coming on and talking all things props. Um, that kind of wraps up the um, you know betting portion of uh, Inside Vegas. This next portion is all about if you're coming into Vegas, what to do, where to go, um, and all things kind of in town uh, for the upcoming Super Bowl. If you wanted to uh, head to a sports book, we talk about that, the mobile apps and how much of a game changer that is, strip clubs, bars on strip, free watch parties, 
uh, paid watch parties, everything and everything upcoming with Mark Meltzer to talk about lifestyle for the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. But before we get to that, where you're going, what you're betting on, all that type of stuff for the Super Bowl, very important, but nothing quite as important as where you're betting it. And that is mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus for the Super Bowl. These guys truly let you bet on anything when it comes to prop bets. All the prop bets that we talked about were pulled and are from mybookie.ag, whether the national anthem, color of the Gatorade, you name it. Mybookie.ag has all of your prop bet needs. Most importantly, you play, you win, and you get paid. Again, promo code SGP50 to activate your offer. We're also brought to you by Oddshark. Get free picks from the Supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as data-driven editorial content and the latest odds for every prop bet and the Super Bowl. Betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else. And give them a follow on Twitter at Oddshark and online at oddshark.com. All right, so guys, I hope you enjoy the interview upcoming with Dave Meltzer for lifestyle and all things where to go and what to do for the Super Bowl for the upcoming game. And now joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast, one of my favorite people in the world to talk shop with, fellow Vegas local, Mark Meltzer, somebody who I'm sure if you've been listening to Super Bowl prep uh, podcast, you have heard his voice uh, without question for lifestyle and what to do in Las Vegas, because without a doubt, he is the source. And I feel like you've, you've really, you've done this, this incredible job of kind of, I don't want to say penetrating completely the, the wrong word, but you've really been able to blend your style uh, with the new wave um, and kind of old school wave of handicappers. And, you know, it's not often that lifestyle and, you know, what to do and where to eat in the city kind of goes hand in hand with Las Vegas locals and especially Las Vegas gamblers. Uh, but here you are being able to kind of carve this nice, uh, niche out for yourself and, and really kind of being able to blend the two together. Although, you know, of course you, that is kind of part of who you are and gambling and everything like that. So you've really done a, a, such a good job kind of blending the two, um, together in terms of what to do in Vegas, uh, and get the kind of gambling culture within Vegas. Um, so I guess we'll start there, man, and kind of, I know I usually ask, you know, how's the weather and wherever people are, but I, I know how the weather is in Vegas, man. So how is everything in your world? Uh, otherwise. Well, the world is great, and thank you for the uh, amazing intro. <laughs> you know, I just basically write about things I like, which is eating, drinking, gambling. So uh, they all sort of coalesce together, I think. You know, better, gamblers want to take their winnings and spend it on good food, you know, and want to go get good drinks and enjoy themselves. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that my life, you know, can actually become monetized. <laughs> you know, my lifestyle is the same I think is a lot of other people, you yep. know, my friends are all just like me. So, you know, we're all looking to get the best out of everything. It's so funny. You said that man. And, you know, doing, you know, much like um, Brady Cannon, who I've had on this podcast and certain people, the passion and what they do really, you know, comes through just in their voice. And it's obviously that way with you. And when you're able to really do what you love, as they say, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. And you really do personify that man. But absolutely. And it, it's funny. You, you mentioned Brady. It's a small world where, I can bring my friends from the East Coast out here, you know, obviously talk to them about things I like. Um, but also Brady books helps book uh, tea times, right? Tea times for my friends that yep. come out here just to play golf. So that happened last week. My, I met up with some friends to get some good food and good drinks during the at night during the day. Brady hooked them up with tea times. So it all sort of goes in a weird circle, I guess. <laughs> the the world of Vegas very much does recycle. The people that are here, I feel like never leave. And, and people that come in and see the same faces, it's funny. Definitely, definitely. 
Let's um, so let's let's kind of start at the top. And again, as we were talking about fair, we're we're gonna do this kind of um in categories, right? So the best, you know, effectively this part of the of the podcast being where to go, what to do uh, if you are coming into town for the Super Bowl. And notice I said Super Bowl and not big game because we don't have to have those restrictions. So if you see big game, don't worry, it is the same thing. But what to do um, and where to go for the 2019 Super Bowl. We're going to kind of focus on different categories, whether it be strip clubs, uh, parties, free parties, reserve parties, uh, sports books, of course, and kind of anything and everything and really let uh, Mark tell you what to do because I'm telling you there is no better source uh, inside the gambling industry in Las Vegas uh, than him. So what? Um, let's start with this. What is the, kind of the first category you want to talk to and then a couple different um, places for people to go? So I think let's start with the sports book. I mean, it's what we all love. You know, it's where we want to be. Um, unfortunately, not all sports books are the same. Not everyone has the same policy. You know, the Westgate is amazing. South Point, great, great book. But not everywhere operates the same way. Um, Westgate, you'll find open seating, but because Super Bowl weekend is the busiest weekend for sports of the year, the busiest two-day period. March Madness might argue they're the busiest four-day period. But for the weekend itself, for the Super Bowl, um, books are packed. Lines to better hours long. You know, can be over an hour on Sunday, definitely, and up to an hour on Saturday. So um, just be prepared for chaos when you go into sports book. If you're like me and you don't like people bothering you, do not wear a baseball hat or uh, or your team colors. Can I tell you a secret? I don't mean to cut you off, but I feel like maybe you'll, you'll understand this more than anybody. My secret when it comes to not wanting to be bothered inside uh, casinos or sportsbook, have you seen the, uh, the Apple AirPods? Yep. The wireless ones, you put those things in your ear and nobody, I don't know, they they put out this thing that just says, fuck off. It's literally, do not <laughs> talk to me uh, and don't look at me because people will effectively, even, like, I don't even put music or I, put, I don't even put podcasts or radio in there sometimes. I just put them in there because it just, people will not talk to you because obviously they feel like you're listening to music or whatever the case may be. And it is the biggest life hack when you want to be left alone in public I have ever found since I bought them. That right there is gold. That's a golden <laughs> tip right there. That might be better than any Super Bowl info I could share. <laughs> I, I just remember I was at a casino on the Strip um, for my first Super Bowl on the Strip. Amazing time. Um, but I was wearing my Yankees hat and everybody walked up to me. Yeah. Either you're a jerk or you're awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing really in between. So, And I was – I just – went back to the room and threw my hat back in. <laughs> like, I can't deal with this for the rest of the day. Yep. And that was be- before lunchtime. So um, imagine throughout the day. But uh, back to the book for the Super Bowl, it's going to be packed. I recommend getting an app. Whether you want to place real bets in person just to get the ticket, do that, but also fund the app. So you can make any last-minute bets any prop bets, you don't have to stand in line, try to figure it out. It just makes your life easier and you can cash out after the game, just like you would with a ticket. Um, but it'll save you time and you won't have to go back in case, you know, for those last minute, Oh, I have an idea. Let's get down on this. So that's my recommendation. As far as watching the game, the sports books like the Westgate South point, as I was mentioning earlier, they have free seating. It's first come first serve. So, you know, you got to get there early, and I recommend at least two hours before the game, before kickoff, um, and make sure everyone that's in your group is there to sit, because people don't take too kindly to using a coat to hold the seat for three hours. <laughs> um, so 
that's number one. There's other sports books like Caesars Palace um, that will charge for reserve seating. Seating now, their entire book is close to the public um, for seats. You could obviously bet there, but you can't watch unless you pay to reserve a seat. And the way their structure goes, you're paying four hundred dollars for what's normally a free seat during baseball season. You're paying a thousand dollars for uh, a VIP couch. Oh my um, god! You're paying a hundred dollars to sit in a fucking hallway. Is that so, per person? That's per person. So if you have a yeah. group of five people, you're paying $5,000 for a couch for the Super Bowl? Yeah. And, wow. But the good news is you get unlimited booze. So, hey, there's okay. that. Yep. Uh, you know, if you, pay, if you pay 100 bucks for the seats out by the in the hallway by Omnia behind the bar, you're going to get two drink tickets for that. So, you know, you're not really getting much, but you're getting something, I guess. And mm-hmm. honestly, people just want to have reserved seats for, for the Super Bowl because sitting around – my time is worth money and I'm a freelancer. So I know exactly how much every hour of my life is worth. And if I do the math on that, I know that paying to reserve a seat is worth X dollars um, in my, as the way I value my time. Right. So, you know, it's, it's different for every person. Some people want to make sure they get a free seat. They're like, I don't care. I'm just going to go and watch it wherever it is. And the game will be on every TV. And right. thankfully, you could go to any casino now and every bar is going to have it. Even the pit, you could go play low limits blackjack somewhere, you know, and, and pay $5 a hand and have the game on. If you just want to sort of cursory watch it mm-hmm. and just be in the environment. So there's a lot of ways. And then there's places like the Mirage um, and Westgate does this as well, where you can, there are plenty of free seats. There are some reserve seats uh, for quote unquote VIPs. And then there are VVIPs, which have couches and cocktail service. So, you know, there's they I think do it the best, where you get sort of the 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 big spender, the low roller, and the person in the middle that's probably like most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great way to do it. And uh, but it's different by casino. So if you want to get to uh, watch a game free, just make sure you're early, and you know, make sure not everybody charges. So. That's the number one. That's with the sports books because I think that's the most exciting place to watch the Super Bowl. But you know, there's so many other things. There's there's parties. There's other. There's non-traditional venues like you mentioned. You know, you could go to Top Golf. You could go to any strip club, and there's going to be a party. You can go to Sapphire, where I had the most amazing Monday Night Football experience, <laughs> where we. We were comped a bottle of vodka for my little crew, uh, which sort of helped. It was also the Rams and Chiefs game, which also helped because the game was amazing. Mm. Uh, but it was it was a packed room. They had a buffet, you know. And at halftime, they do one dollar lap dances, which are the most ludicrous thing you've ever <laughs> witnessed in your life because they last ten seconds. Right. Like, and the DJ plays like. 10 seconds of your favorite early 2000s hip hop. And it's just one of the most surreal environments. And that they do that for the Super Bowl as well. They also have packages where you can be inside the club and you could be pretty much anywhere. And all the club, all the strip clubs do that. Monte Cristo Cigar Bar at Caesars Palace is my favorite cigar bar in Vegas. Mine too. I love and that spot. It's such a great spot. The, the crew, the, everyone that works there is nice. You know, they have decent cigars. It's a little more than you'd pay off the strip, obviously, but it's a great place. They have a nice giant TV. 
They have food from uh, Old Homestead that you can eat there. And uh, they'll be having, uh, I guess, different levels of parties as well. Um, and and that, that to me is what makes Vegas fun. You can go to Top Golf where you could play golf games and watch the Super Bowl. You know, and that's something you could kind of probably do in 20 other cities. But in Vegas, you get the view of the strip as well as, you know, being able to play top golf. Uh, I mean, there's really countless ways to watch the game. Uh, there's free parties. I think you, one of your favorites, one that you went to last year over at the D, mm-hmm. they also have that high roller, low roller, mid roller uh, thing down where it's free to go watch the party at the downtown Las Vegas event center. Um, but you could also pay to reserve a table for you and your crew, or you can get what they call the man cave where you get couches and your own personal TV, but you're in the middle of thousands of people watching the Super Bowl. And there, there's no better way to watch the Super Bowl than a have money on the game and B watch it with a lot of people. So that to me is one of the great ones. And South point does something like that as well. The Westgate opens the international theater, um, for free. They also have parties from outside vendors like Casa de Amor, which is a great old school Italian restaurant. Some of the best food you're going to get at a Super Bowl party is over at the Westgate. With that, it's I believe the price is a pro, just it's over a hundred and less than two hundred, um, and it's free food and booze. Well, not free. You're paying for it. It's food and booze for the entire uh, for the entire day. Uh, they might cut that off uh, a little early. Some of the parties. Something to look at when you're reserving a party is when they cut the booze and food off, because some will go throughout the game and others will stop serving at halftime, which for if you're starting at two o'clock in the afternoon, not really that big of a deal. But if you're starting when you when the game kicks off, that might be an issue for you. So Mm -hmm. definitely something to to check out. So Boy, that's that's a lot. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, my God, you want you to take a break here? <laughs> you just went on forever. I'm dizzy over here. I don't even know where to where to go. Where am I? Where am I? But there's definitely. I mean, there's still even more. You know, you could go watch at the beer park out in Paris on the. It's it's above. How do you say it's above the strip by like maybe two floors? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a cool environment, um, but they it's out. One of the great things about being in Vegas, I'll rewind a little bit, is the weather. You know, today is minus 60 in parts of the country. I went food shopping this morning and I drove with the windows down, you know, <laughs> and for the Super Bowl, you'll you might have that similar uh, that similar kind of temperature. And you can watch it outside, whether it's at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center or whether it's at the beer park with a view of the Bellagio Fountains, which is kind of insane, kind of awesome as well. You could also bring it inside Brooklyn Bowl. You could go bowling and watch the game and uh, on the bowling alley and have food and booze as well to go along with that. So, like I said, there's just so many free as well as paid parties. And there's paid parties pretty much everywhere you go. Right. And if you're getting in, I talked to somebody earlier this week that lands just before the game starts. I said, here's a list of parties. Uh, the Vegas, uh, what are they called? Please hold. It's the Vegas big game group on Facebook. They gather like every party. Um, it's definitely a group to check for. They're a great reference, but, uh, I give him a list that they've compiled with a bunch of parties. I'll tweet this out later. Um, 
that they've compiled so that, you know, if you're landing at three o'clock and the game kicks at 320 and you want to watch the game, but you don't necessarily want, you know, you're not going to get a seat at the book. You could reserve a seat and then just go right as right after you check into the hotel, if that happens. And they've got parties at every hotel. So plenty of stuff. Plenty of stuff going on. There is nothing worse than not having a plan and walking around trying to find a TV and or seat, let alone trying to bet while you do so is, is kind of my blanket advice. And, you know, whenever someone asks me, I mean, number, it, it always depends on kind of what you want out of the experience. Like you said, if you are a, you know, someone that doesn't mind spending the money, you are certainly going to be able to find the best seat in the house for the premium dollar. If you are somebody not looking to spend that kind of money, there are like, I mean, like you said, my God, so, so beautifully, there is everything and everything is here. And we barely even touched, uh, or not even at all on downtown and everything. That's mostly just, just kind of, um, front and center at the strip beer park. Like you said, at the top of the stairs, uh, next to planet Hollywood. Um, like you said, um, downtown event center at the D is, is an absolutely awesome event. You really cannot, um, go wrong as long as, like I said, the biggest thing is to plan event in the mobile apps, because what the mobile apps will do is it allows you freedom to go absolutely anywhere. Um, this is probably the biggest biggest tip um, that either Mark or myself can give you guys is to deposit anywhere in a mobile app. Um, and that just because it allows you to not have to wait to cash your tickets, it allows you not have to wait to uh, put in your tickets, which can be, like he said, hours and hours long, uh, especially at these peak times when literally if there's you know a thousand people at an event you're watching, effectively probably I would say 46% of them are going to have to cash tickets at the end. Um, so you're going to be waiting around. And if God forbid you have flights to catch somewhere to be, you're doing dinner, uh, you're going to be doing yourself a, a tremendous disservice by not allowing you to go anywhere and everywhere. I mean, uh, case in point, you know, Hard Rock has a very small book, but the surrounding atmospheres with their circle bars and everything else are awesome. Um, so as long as you have the mobile app, you can go watch the TV anywhere. And just because um, I think there's a little bit of a, a weird narrative when it comes to perception of crowds during the Super Bowl. Yes, the sports book is packed because they, they've sold tickets and it's going to be, you're not going to be able to find a seat if you walk into a sports book in Vegas. That's just kind of how it is. However, the bar next door is likely going to have seats open or a restaurant or, you know, two feet away from the sports book and people just largely get turned off because they want that atmosphere. Um, but you're going to get the same exact atmosphere as, you know, at the bar next door than you are in the sports book. So definitely echo those sentiments as the biggest, biggest tip is those mobile apps. Definitely. And something that if anyone is a uh, Vegas veteran or a casino veteran and they uh, are linked in with the players clubs, check to see if you can get a free party. Because the, uh, the one time I watched on the Vegas Strip, when I was complaining about, uh, you know, being bothered with a hat with my Yankees hat, um, <laughs> I was uh, going to a free party that was first come first serve, but I had free food, free booze just because I had certain status with that casino. So definitely something to check out as well. Um, and those parties can be just as much fun because you're in a special room with people that are all eating and drinking and having a great time. So another option as well. And I wanted to echo one more thing you said about the strip clubs, because I feel like people maybe feel like it's, it's kind of, you know, if, if that's not necessarily always been your thing or you're coming with, you know, uh, your significant other and a group of people or girls with you, and they're really not into that. Um, 
it is, you know, dare I say classy, it is classier than you very much would expect. It is, they really do kind of go for the gentleman's club feel more than the Saturday night special strip club feel, um, if that makes sense. And I mean, it, it really does because they're charging, you know, Crazy Horse last year was $200 for, you know, a bottomless uh, buffet, open bar, entire game, uh, raffle tickets, uh, premium seating, uh, limo transportation. So it's not only that, it's much less crowded than I think that a lot of people would think because everyone else is kind of flocked to the strip. And I've never had a bad experience watching a big fight or a big game uh, in a strip club environment, despite, you know, kind of what you're you're there for, if you're there for the girls or if you're there just to have a great seat uh, and not have a ton of people screaming and kind of the amateur hour aspect of day drinking and everything else that the Super Bowl brings. So couldn't echo uh, strip clubs uh, more. Any other um, strip clubs you wanted to touch on besides just the one that you did uh, talk about your Monday night experience? No, no, I really am not a fan, to be honest, of strip clubs. I we went because we had a free bottle of booze, to mm. be honest. Um, but Sapphire, like you were to go to what you were saying, is that they have a special room just for viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the strippers come in, you know, just basically for those for the halftime to jiggle around a little bit. Otherwise, it's basically you're just in a room you know, of a strip club and you're not really in the middle. And I think that's something I never even realized. I thought if you go to a strip club, you're in the middle of the, you know, next up on the stage, (laughs) you know, you're not, you're not not tech. You don't have to be in that situation if you don't want to be. Because a lot of these strip clubs have uh, their own rooms. Um, I, I'm really not that much of a fan of those, like I said, but you know, to it's not something to be afraid of if you're looking for something different and def and something unique. Yep. And like I said, though, Vegas, there there's so many different ways to enjoy it. You know, you could go to the Gold Coast, hang out with the old people. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. So I know you are. I say that lovingly. Um, you know, you could go there. You can go to the South Point. Their party is is first come first serve, but they have all the space. They have dollar hot dogs. You know, three dollar beers. Some. You know, everything is under five bucks Mm -hmm. and they have multiple, they have great lines, of course, which should matter to everyone here. Um, But they also have all these remote betting stations. It's where I go for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Because I think that it's, I think I, I'm not that much of a sport of a horse racing fan, but I like being around people that are. Yes. And it's, it's a great thing. The Westgate theater, also a great thing and, and free. So I think there's, like you said, Something for everyone, every budget. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed my time on the strip. I've enjoyed it downtown. I've enjoyed it in the burbs. And there, there's really, it's a matter of what your mood is and what your budget is and, and really where you want to be. And like you said, plan it. Don't just wing it because you're going to be so flustered trying to navigate everything on, at the last minute in the sports book, um, whether it's gambling only or whether it's trying to find a place to watch a game because it it is a little bit overwhelming if you've never done it before. All right. I love it, man. And, uh, so I want to ask you, let's let's get this hypothetical question out there. Uh, a friend of yours um, is coming into town for the Super Bowl. They're landing tomorrow. They say, I'll pay $500 for open bar or up to $500 for open bar uh, and as much food as I can eat. Where would you send them and what would you tell them to do? Number one place. Well, I am a strip snob and I am a, I am a luxury resort snob. Mm -hmm. So I always send people to Cosmopolitan or to Wynn or to 
the Venetian and Palazzo. So I, I, I don't know that that's fair. Um, but I just I like agree with the, you. I'll pay the extra dollars. I want to be comfortable and I want to have a seat in, in what I want in front of me. I'll, I absolutely agree with you being a strip snob. Yeah. And I mean, but I, the Cosmopolitan is one of my favorite, probably my favorite casino in Vegas. Just has a lot of what I enjoy, except for 6-5 Blackjack um, and Triple Zero's Roulette, which I don't even really care about. But some people that play Roulette get angry about that. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I've I've had some amazing very amazing nights there. And I recommend that is always my number one, but I was just, a, I spent a couple of days over at the, uh, Venetian and Palazzo and had a great time there. I love the encore. And, you know, so any of the yes. parties at those, at those hotels, their book for people that don't know, looks just like the Westgates from what the renovations that they did. It is absolutely beautiful in there. Except it's red. And and it's angular. I mean, the the sportsbook screens. It is a weird angle yes. if you sit at the 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 kind of the big you know rectangle uh, bar. But the way that they have their screen set up, I think they really tried to emulate the Westgate there. It's it's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful and a great place to watch the games. But the uh, the the way the screens are situated, just I, I'm a little. I like my angles to be appropriate. <laughs> Very geometrically looks, inclined person, are you? Okay, yes, they, it, learn it something new about you. It bothers me that they're rounded in sort of, sort of weird angles. That's all I'm gonna say. All but right, it's a, it's a great screen. It's probably the best on the strip. The last one that I wanted to talk to you about on the strip specifically is one of my favorites uh, for anything as soon as the weather is above 60 degrees, and that's the link. And they just so have happened to completely have redone uh, their sports book, and it is absolutely amazing. I'm talking, uh, they have couches, they have Xboxes. You want to get down on a game of Madden with the tourists from Arizona next to you, have at it. They have absolutely everything in there, and it's incredible. Um, if you just want to kind of speak on the type of things uh, that the link kind of did towards renovating this and kind of uh, their plans for the Super Bowl, um, and then we'll kind of wrap up uh, and move off the strip and then anything new uh, going on in town specifically for this year or upcoming. Sure. So the link, um, they basically took the my old, my favorite beer bar on the strip and gutted it. Um, basically, the area that used to be tag bar is now the sports book. Um, now, the sports book has two sections. There's a general admission area uh, where the bar itself is, and there's probably about 150, 200 seats for anybody to sit at. And then they have, like you were talking about, the couch areas, which are for rent. And obviously for the Super Bowl, they're, they're for the rent. And uh, you're looking at 500 bucks plus, you know, for depending on the game. But it seats up to 10 people, uh, maybe eight if you're very large people. Um <laughs> And you can play. I've I've been there and I've watched people. They have three college football games on, and uh, one of their TVs is on Xbox. Yeah, and they are playing a game of Madden while they have action on three games that they're watching. It, it's I think it's great. Yeah. It's not for everyone though. You know, if you're a yes. sports book traditionalist and the Westgate and Win is where you're at, then you're gonna hate this because it's really a bar with different little living room pods for mm -hmm. bros. Um, I think it's awesome, but I don't think it's for everybody. Yes. And I don't think one of the other, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just completely agree with you. It, it's definitely not for everyone. It's definitely tailored to more of the, uh, I would say younger, young twenties college crowd. Uh, but it, it's for what it is, it's literally live different living room pods set up. I couldn't have said that better. I was just agreeing with you. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they also have, uh, you know, self-serve taps there. They have a food truck where you can get grub. They have waitress service at the couches and they'll bring you whatever you want. Of course, that comes from you, what you're paying. So let's say a couch is a thousand dollars for 10 guys, you know, and you're each paying a hundred dollars into that. You should each be eating and drinking a hundred dollars worth of food and, and booze or whatever Cokes. If that's what your uh, if that's what your beverage of choice is, so you know it's it's a different and unique thing, and I I'm a fan. I love unique and different ways to watch games. You know the the latest uh, before that, the most the newer uh, sports book that opened was over at Park MGM. Yes, uh, yes. Let's talk about that too, because it's it's completely new. And people, I I actually went there. I watched the World Series there game, uh, the Red Sox clinching game there, and uh, I was blown away. Uh, the for anyone that doesn't know, that's the old Monte Carlo, and it was towards the end. It was a uh, dumpster fire. It was a construction zone. Their sports book. Um, both good and bad because what they they basically got rid of their sports book and moved it into a sports bar. It was called Moneyline, and you could um, basically place bets at the bar. It was really that simple. Um, so it was kind of a cool element, but definitely not for everyone as well. But what they've been able to do with the food that they have brought in there to that place and everything else, uh, obviously, you can speak to this place much more than I can. But I'm a huge fan of Park MGM. I probably can. I think you sort of nailed it with your description. What I would add is that the food there is. For the strip, it's pretty cheap. You know, you're looking at, I think, chicken sandwiches and, and sandwiches in general for somewhere between $10 and $15, which not the worst pricing around. Um, but you're right. They, you know, it is a sports bar and not everyone's going to be into a sports bar that's all where you can gamble. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, again, traditionalists are not going to be into it. But if you're open and, you know, don't really, and you want to eat and drink and watch sports and gamble on sports, it's got everything for you. So sort of like where Lagasse Stadium was 10 years ago, this is today, sort of the newer version. They have uh, billiards, you could play a little pool, they might have some uh, cornhole there, uh, depending on the day. Uh, They were going to have a duck pin bowling, which uh, didn't make the final cut, I guess, uh, just due to lack of space. But you know, it's it's a nice it's a nice looking place. They have giant TVs, and the vibe is because it's the sports book. There's you know obviously all the sports fans are there, and it's a I think it's a fun place to watch a game. It's not a place that I would seek out. But I wouldn't mind being there if that makes any sense. No, completely agree. And um, I believe like eatery or Italy or whatever is in there as well. Italy. Yeah, yeah. So people rant and rave about that place. There's um, so much stuff in there that's that's kind of up and coming, um, just depending on kind of where you catch it. Let's shift over uh, and talk about um, anything that's kind of off the strip or downtown. Um, One of my favorite kind of local places for stuff like this is Gold Spike. If you're into kind of the big outdoor scene, everything is outside. They have... um, like, you know, uh, beer pong out there, connect the big connect four, big Django, all that type of stuff. If that's kind of more your style, definitely tailored more towards the cheaper local, uh, college crowd, I would say, um, is more the vibe of downtown for sure. Uh, but they're like anything out there. Um, there's something for everyone. And of course the new edition uh, of Circa that we can touch on as well as the renderings are, are absolutely out of this world, but let's just talk about a little thing, you know, anything that's off strip, uh, that you would recommend if, if maybe the hustle and bustle of tourism, people are not looking for that during the game, but maybe they're going to come back for that after the game or just anything that's either downtown or off strip. So let me hit off strip real quick. Uh, I live out near Red Rock and it's my favorite sports book. So um, Green Valley Ranch has a similar sports book on the other side of 
uh, yep. the Vegas Strip. Right so and I, I recommend those. I recommend you know the Orleans and Gold Coast if you're if you want to be near the Strip but not on the Strip. Uh, Palms has a solid uh, little sports book. It's a CG sports book. Um, Silverton has a surprisingly really nice sports book. Um, but they also have parties for the game, and they have lots of room there that I don't think a lot of people expect. So those are some off the strip areas. Uh, downtown, you mentioned earlier. I mentioned the D and the Downtown Las Vegas Event Center. The D has a Super Bowl party in the casino. They also have the same owners own the downtown Las Vegas event center. And they have that, I believe it's outdoor uh, party with. Yeah, so you go admission. in, the, you go into the D you go up on the elevator and it's level four and it's all outside basically. Yeah. And so you have all of that and then you have the golden nugget, which has great lines. They not only, they have a small sports book, but they also have a, a, a conference room, I guess, or a ballroom that they open up for the super bowl. Uh, Plaza has parties. Um, that's a William Hill book. Uh, there, there's, I'm, I, one of the things that I like downtown now, the Fremont East area, you can go, there's a place called Eureka. I'm a semi beer snob, not a total beer snob, <laughs> uh, but I like beers that have flavor. Yep. Uh, and they have 40 taps and 20 of those taps rotate regularly. And they have tons of TVs where you can watch the game and great. And they have some of the best chicken biscuits outside of uh Yardbird over at the Venetian. Um, so there's also that, and like you mentioned, Circa that opened December of 2020. If you want to start looking and planning for the future, I already know more than a handful of people that are ready for March of Madness 2021. Yes, because they've seen the renderings. Like you said, they're gorgeous. I mean, they're whether you're looking at a three-story tall sports book with stadium seating, um, or the pool outside, which has capacity for 4,000 people and a viewing screen of 125 feet. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like it'll be amazing. We'll see what the final product looks like. You know, renderings usually tend to be a little slick. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what it looks like in a couple of years, but it sounds like it's going to be amazing. And, you know, and, and Derek Stevens, he owns the D he owns, a, Oh, he owns a golden gate. Sorry, I just remembered something. Um, he owns a Golden Gate, which will be getting a sports book later this year. They're also starting their own sports book. Um, I don't know if you know this. They're starting their own operation, their own shop. Not like they're a parent company, you mean? They're going to be sort of like the Golden Nugget or the Westgate or oh, you know, okay. Caesars so or MGM, yeah, their right. own operation. Yep. Um, they'll be setting their own lines. They'll have their own apps. Um, that happens in a little while. Uh I think they want to get through March Madness before discussing what that'll be. But they also own Circa, uh, the land that used to be Las Vegas Club across the street from the Golden Gate. And that's going to be a huge casino, you know, with 770 room, 777 hotel rooms. It'll probably be the largest uh, casino in downtown Vegas, I think, you know, and yeah, definitely sure. the largest sports book in downtown Vegas, the three-story screen is definitely the largest in the world. I don't think that even the Westgate's huge screen can match what they're planning for. So, you know, they're, they're, I'm a big fan of downtown. I know you are as well. Yep. So, you know, there, there's literally something to do everywhere except for the golden gate, which has zero amenities. Um, but everywhere else you can probably find, you know, a good time for this, for the super bowl. And you'll also find great crafts games, plenty of 10 times odds, which, 
it's my jam right there. <laughs> and again, I'm speaking about Circa. I was I was sitting there like a nerd, refreshing your Twitter feed, watching you kind of go to that event, and the opening, and the rendering, and everything. And to speak to what that looks like, it, it's it looks like it's going to be the bee's knees in Las Vegas. It, it there looks like that may be the standard, certainly for downtown. Um, but it's always awesome to kind of see where things go. You know, you had Cosmo, you had Aria, kind of come in newly, and um, renovations to the Palms, and kind of how things change and. Um, in town is it's absolutely crazy to see but that that one could be a, a game changer certainly for downtown um if not all of las vegas <clears throat> uh so good i was gonna say yeah you're t- i think you're totally right and, and again let's 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 be excited but cautiously optimistic you know we've seen construction start at so many casino projects around town i can't wait to see what they have when it's done though because it sounds phenomenal couldn't agree with you more. And again, you could find all of that good stuff uh, both online at edgevegas.com and you can find him on Twitter at MeltsVegas, M-E-L-T-Z, Vegas, V-E-G-A-S. Um, I mean, I think that kind of wraps it up. I mean, is there anything else you kind of want to put out there to anyone that is coming in town for the Super Bowl? Uh, no, uh, not for the Super Bowl, but we're a few weeks away from spring training in baseball yes, and we're we a couple of months away from March Madness. So let the, let's let's go. I'm ready for all of it. <laughs> Best time of year. Like I said, I was telling you off air. I, I as soon as uh, the Super Bowl is over until basically March, you know, conference chair, tournament type stuff is is basically gambling winter, as I call it affectionately. Not much on. Couple college basketball games here and there. A nice slate on Saturdays. The NBA, some UFC, some golf, but largely uh, the the big four, if you will, take a hiatus and it's time to kind of take a step back, take a break, maybe you know, do something other than uh, watch sports for 24 hours a day for the next 49 weeks of, of baseball and everything that comes with that cycle of baseball into football into everything else. So gambling winter is upcoming, man, but I know it's, it's a very good time for you to, to be able to look forward to spring training much like myself. So baseball will always be my love and passion as well. Awesome. I'm, I'm so ready for it. I can't even handle myself. <laughs> well, and again, thank you so much for taking the time during your busy schedule. I, I know you are much, much in demand uh, during the Super Bowl lifestyle portions of podcast. So can't thank you enough for taking the time. And again, you can find him on Twitter at MeltVegas and EdgeVegas.com. Anything else that you uh, want to plug, please, the floor is yours. No, I mean, I you, Edge Vegas has all the writing I do for the various outlets, whether it's Vegas or sports betting. Um, that that's the easiest way and everything goes, uh, through Twitter. So, you know, and, and that gets a little, my personal stuff as well. So, you know, living out in Vegas and gambling and eating and drinking. So get a little more fun on, on the Twitter than you do my blog or Facebook or where else, wherever else you are. I love it, man. Well, again, thank you for taking the time and good luck with all your Super Bowl bets. And we'll talk soon, buddy. You too. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.